Good morning, and thank you for joining me here today. I appreciate Pastor Wayne Gillum making this possible for us to connect electronically today. want all of you to know from Dina and I and from our heart, thank you for being partners of this ministry. We are so grateful to you. We thank God for you. And at the beginning of this year, I have really felt led of the Lord to share with you how I pray for you every day. You deserve, if you're sitting under spiritual leadership, pastoral, which means shepherd, you deserve to know uh, what you're being prayed for and how someone is, is praying for you. And so I was led to share with you uh, last week, and I want to briefly review. I follow the prayer of Jesus in John 17. Number one, you can't get a more perfect prayer than that, though, uh, right out of the heart of Jesus himself. And there's some great principles in there, not only uh, for those in ministry, but for you, because you see, God has given you somebody, a sphere of influence somewhere who listens to you. And he has appointed you in a place of spiritual leadership for somebody. And so I want to share with you uh, what the Lord has taught me out of his own heart, out of his own word, on how to pray on a daily basis. You should know that there is a pastor praying for you. If you're a partner of this ministry every day, and I'd like for you to understand uh, the content of that prayer. It's my privilege and honor. This is not a yay me. This is a holy responsibility that I have to those that the Lord has given me. First of all, we see in John 17, uh, verse 9, the Lord says that he, he prays for those that has been given to him by the Father. If you have been led to be a part of this ministry, then it's my responsibility to pray for you. And the first thing that he prays for them in, in verse 11 is that, Father, keep them, keep them, keep them. I pray for you every day that the Lord would keep you. What does that mean? Well, it means that the Lord would keep you internally. That is internal order in your inner man and that he would keep you externally. That is, that he would keep you safe. I pray not only for you, but for your family, that the Lord himself would keep you from harm and from injury and accident and assignments of the evil one. Next, he prays, as we see there in uh, verse 13, uh, that his joy would be fulfilled in them. Can you imagine the very joy of Jesus being made full in you? The very joy of Jesus. Now, joy is not some giddy emotion. Joy is a deep-rooted spiritual force. It's actually one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Joy is incredibly important to us. And the Bible tells us over and over again to rejoice. That means to connect with the joy that has been placed in us by the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus. The joy might be made full in us. Remember, joy of the Lord is your strength. And also remember that you can have a joy even when you're suffering. Hebrews 12 tells us that we're to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of, uh, of our faith, who for the joy set before him 
endured the cross. What a wonderful, wonderful, powerful passage that is. Uh, next, in verse 17, he says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So I pray every day, Lord, not only keep us, not only let your joy be made full in us, but you would set us apart to sanctify, set us apart in the truth. This world is so full of deception, and the deceiver is on the loose out there. The word of God is the epitome of the truth. In fact, John in John 8, Jesus said in 31, if you abide in my word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I pray that we would be sanctified in the truth. And next, uh, in verse 19, Jesus said, I sanctify myself on behalf of those whom you've given me. For their sake, you deserve to know that as your pastor or one of your pastors that I sanctify myself, that is, I set myself apart for what God wants to do in and through me. What that means is I can't do anything and everything I may feel like doing. I can't say or think anything or everything, my flesh or what I may desire to do. There has to be some spiritual discipline in there. And you deserve to know that there's somebody in place of spiritual leadership who walks a life that is yielded to the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean by any means that I get anything, everything right. Uh, by no means. I can tell you there is, like the Apostle Paul said, there is indwelling sin in me. The Apostle said that. Well, I know there is in me as well. And there, there are things that, uh, that come into my mind or I, I don't do everything right and I have to ask for correction and forgiveness for. But you see, what the Lord wants from all of us, and I, I honestly believe that somewhere in this world, God has connected every one of us with a spiritual shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. He's the only, the great shepherd. He's the only one who made no mistakes. The rest of us are just called out as his assistant to assist him in whatever he calls us to do. But we should recognize that if we accept that calling, we are to set ourselves apart for the purpose that he's chosen to use us for the sake of somebody else. And I'm thinking that if you have a, a, a family, a business, your close core of people to whom you are the spiritual leader, they deserve for you to be serious about that, serious enough to set yourself apart for the Lord to use you so that you can adequately speak to those he's placed in your life. And then next, he says, Father, I pray that they may be one, that they may be one as you and I are one. I pray every day that the Lord would make us as the body of Christ one, not just as a group of partners in faith through this ministry, but for the whole body of Christ to be one, to stop the competition, to stop the one-upmanship, the, the, to just recognize in, that we're on the same team as followers of Jesus. And then last in verse 26, he prays to the Father that we might receive revelation that the Father loves us. This is extraordinary. This 
is, I, I, I can't get over this. And let me just read it. And I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love which you have, with which you have loved me, the love, Father, that you have loved me, the Son, may be in them, and I in them. Can you, I mean, just think about that for a minute. The love of God, the love of the, the same love that the Father had for the Son is in us through faith in Christ. I mean, every day I pray for you and for me that we get greater revelation that God loves us to the same measure that he loves Jesus. What an amazing promise from the Word of God. So there are the things I pray for you on a daily basis, that the Lord would keep you, you and your family, that the Lord would keep you, that the Lord's, the joy of Jesus would be made full in you, that you would be kept from the evil one and his every design for you and his destruction and deception, that you would be set apart by the truth of the Word of God, that we would be one in Christ Jesus, and that we would get greater revelation of the love of God, that the Father loves us as he loves the Son. That is the message that we ministered to the church, and we've put on the internet uh, and the podcast, etc., for you to listen to, and that was by way of review. Now, I pray another prayer for you, and uh, this is a prayer of the Apostle Paul out of Ephesians chapter 1. See, I don't think I can improve on the Word of God. Um, if Jesus and Paul prayed it, um, it's certainly something that the Father hears, and, and I think we're, uh, we can adequately pray on the basis of the Holy Scriptures. So Ephesians 1, Paul says to his partners of faith, I give thanks for you upon every remembrance of you. I give thanks for you every time that I think of you and I make mention of you always in my prayers. I want you to know that I give thanks to the Father for you. I give thanks to Him for you and I give thanks to you for hearing God and being a partner of this ministry. Many of you for almost 30 years, thank you. That, I pray for you, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now let's break that down. We pray that the Lord would give us, you, your family, along with Dina and me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is the ability to see things the way God sees it. The very wisdom of God is available to us. Scripture says that for every believer, the mind of Christ, we have the mind of Christ. James 1 says in verse 5, that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and he will give it to you without finding fault, as long as you ask in faith. So this wisdom, the ability to see things from God's perspective, how would you like to have God's perspective about your business decisions, about your, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, your relationships, your finances, how would you like to have the wisdom of God? This is a prayer prayed by spiritual authority for his partners, and that's what I pray for you, that the spirit of wisdom 
the ability to see things the way God sees them, and revelation in the knowledge of him. Revelation is not something you can work up. It doesn't come through the brain or through the mind. It comes from the spirit. It comes from the deposit of the very life of God through the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit reveals to us more and more about the Lord. It's, it's called becoming more intimately uh, in, in the knowledge, the, not just the factual knowledge of print on a page, but the experiential knowledge of a relationship with God. And so I pray that we would uh, have an increase in the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus. And then he says, uh, in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit is the one who clears all the cobwebs of misunderstanding out of our mind, who pulls the curtain back. Many times when I pray for you, I pray that the Lord will pull the curtains back so that you'll be able to see clearly what it is that the Lord is saying and, and, and hear uh, not only what he's saying, but see what he's doing. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is hope? Hope is not wishing. Hope is an internal witness, an internal witness in your inner man of a desired outcome. Let me say that again. Hope is an internal witness of a desired outcome, and it comes from the very Spirit of God. He is... The Bible says he is the God of all hope, real, substantive hope that is built on his very character and his word. And so part of what we pray is the, is the words of this prayer for you, and that is that you would know what is the hope of his calling. You're called as his son, his daughter. You're called as not only a member of his family, but you are given a holy assignment in life to obey him and to bear fruit into whatever realm that he has called you to do, and he's given you the resources to do it, the hope of his calling. And he has called you out, not only as his child, but he has called you out into an eternal purpose in him, not just on this earth, but forever and ever without any end to it, an eternal calling. He's called you as his own. He chose you. He loves you. And you have hope in that calling. And we're, I'm praying that we would have more and more revelation of the hope that is in that calling that he's called you out through his own love. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? His inheritance. Notice, now, this is an interesting passage. It doesn't say your inheritance. He said, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Well, what did, what did God the Father, the Father of glory, the mighty God of all creation, the ruler of the universe, what did he have to inherit? Well, his inheritance is what he received through what Jesus Christ, his son, did on your behalf. We're going to spend all eternity getting more and more revelation of what Jesus won for the Father as well as what he won for us. What Jesus Christ did on our behalf. He represented us through his life of, of total submission to the Father without disobedience for a second. He represented us at the cross where he took care and paid for our sin. He didn't just cover them, he washed them away. 
He represented us when he was buried and raised from the dead. He represented us when he was seated at the right hand of the Father of glory. He represents us right now in making certain that we are stand in a place of righteousness and holiness because we are in him. You see, if you're in Christ, the Father can't see you without seeing Christ. And th this prayer is so powerful because we're praying that we'd be revealed more and more the riches of the glory of what the Father was about in Jesus when he inherited us and we inherited him. What a powerful thing. And verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Do you believe? Uh, not just did you believe that uh, Christ died for your sins, and uh, not just did you believe that he came to live in you when you received him as an act of your faith, receiving uh, the gift of his grace, but do you believe today? Do you believe that his word, in every impartation of that word, that he is at work in you right now, as Scripture says, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure? The Bible says there's power toward us who believe. Now, what is that power like? According to the working of his mighty power, the same mighty power that belongs to him is at work in you and me if we're in Christ Jesus or we're cooperating with that power. Verse 20 says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You see, even death couldn't defeat Jesus Christ. We've got that same life-giving life overcoming power that was in Christ when he was raised from the dead. And God seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So that power, see, not only was in the power to raise him from the dead, but now it's revealing itself in the authority of Jesus being seated at the right hand of the Father. Far above, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Wow. You know what the Lord's saying here? There is in you, as a believer, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and the same authority is in you in the name of Jesus Christ that is above any and every demonic power, any and every uh, authority in in every place of dominion that the enemy has, he is under your feet. Because look at verse 22. And he, God, put all things under his, Jesus' feet. Are you in Jesus? Well, then all things have been put under your feet. And he gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. The, not the organization, the living organism of those who are redeemed in Jesus Christ. He gave him his head over all things to the church. Are we, as part of that church, are we exercising that authority, that power that we've been granted, which is the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who is all in all. He fills all and in all by the power of his Holy Spirit. So I am praying also for you, not on the basis, not only on the basis of John 17, but on the basis of Ephesians 1. I'm praying this prayer 
for you. That and giving thanks to God always for you and praying for this wisdom and revelation and praying that our eyes will be open, that we may get more and more revelation of his glory, of his love for us, of his choosing of us, uh, of his power towards us, of the authority in the name of Jesus, and that we would recognize that there is nothing over our head that's not already under his feet. Please be assured again today of how much Dean and I love you. We treasure you as our partners. We thank you for listening to this message today, and I pray it will be a blessing to you in days to come. Father, in the name of Jesus, grant us wisdom and insight and revelation in the knowledge of you. And may, all, may you bring mighty revelation to those that are under the influence of these prayers on a daily basis as your servant, would you give them revelation that they are being prayed for by one of your servants every day. In Jesus' name, amen.